Welcome to this episode of A Silver Lined Relaunch. This is a twist of two lives, a twist of two careers, and a very twisted 29th episode. What would you do if you had worked your entire life to become a high-profile attorney, but your soul longed to become an author? Well, that's the exact situation my guest expert, Liani Kotcher, faced at the very height of her career. And she shares how the attachment to your developed identity might ultimately be holding you back from your true identity. She also shares top legal tips for writers, which now as a published author and course leader, she marries in her legal background and love of all things literary to help you. And you won't want to miss what twists us together. And now let the conversation begin. You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step -step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. All right, welcome to this episode of, I want to say it's almost a relaunch chick chat meets real world episode. And you guys have no idea what is coming your way. I have Liana Kotcher on the phone with me, or it actually on this video, if you want to watch it live, you can do that as well and see our reactions because they are going to be off the chart. But Leonie, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the Relaunch Chick Chat. Oh, hello, Hillary. I'm so <laughs> happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> All right. So we have quite the story that people are, I'm not really sure they're ready for it, but they are going to get it and they are going to get it like right smack in their faces right now. Leonie and I, we call ourselves sister wives. And you might be like, what is this crazy business that Hillary is doing right now? Well, it happens that Leoni is the new wife of my ex-husband. Yeah, you heard that right. So my ex-husband is married to Leoni. All right, and we do call ourselves sister wives. Liani, yes, it came into our family, and I have to say, lucky, lucky me, lucky the kids, and lucky Nick. Because well, I would say it's definitely mutual, but thank you. <laughs> I lucked into a good, a good family. Well, we when, let me tell you when when Mick said, you know, I want you to meet somebody. I had no idea that I was going to become the best of friends with his new wife. <laughs> and so yeah. for me, it was so cool because the one thing you want when you get a divorce is you're always so concerned that, you know, who's the new person that's going to be coming into 
the family? How will the kids, you know, be with that person? Will, you know, the mom, will I be like, you know, second fiddle and that, you know, they're going to just madly, you know, fall madly in love with you. And by the way, they did, but here's the greatest part. You and I decided to collaborate and really raise our kids together, having them have two moms. And so I want to hear from you because I can sit here and I can, you know, talk about all this, but coming into a family, a very tight knit family, and Mick and I are very good friends. How, how was that for you? Can, can I get your side? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, super intimidating coming into it. We've talked about this before, but yeah. So remember Mike and I had been dating for like maybe a couple of months. And I heard before I even met the kids, I heard from other people, from him, from some of his friends, actually the first friend. So picture this, like, this is my new boyfriend. I haven't met his kids yet. I know he's got three kids, ex-wife. The first friend I met, the first friend dinner I go to happens to be Hillary's brother, who is also (laughs) Mike's best friend. So talk about like an intimidating, freaky situation. Like it's already scary enough to meet the best friend, but in this case, the best friend was also the ex-wife's brother. But Greg is a lovely human being. So that was kind of my first step into understanding how the Howard family dynamic worked. And I had the greatest time with him and he talked about his wonderful sister and Hillary and how welcoming and wonderful she was. So I, you know, I'll never forget the first day I met you. So I, of course, had like cyber stalked and I'd seen pictures of you. I knew you were like this beautiful, blonde, accomplished woman. And at this point, I believe I had met, I didn't, yeah, I'd at least met Danielle. I met Danielle first, which is your, the, the oldest daughter, my oldest stepdaughter. I think I'd met all three kids, but definitely Danielle. And I remember I went to, um, and I don't know how much I can say if you talk about where you live and stuff, but I went to the neighborhood where you live. And I remember you had, I think you had just gotten your haircut or one of the girls had gotten their haircut and I walked in and I saw you and it wasn't even supposed to happen. It was random because we were picking the girls up for the weekend. And I remember you were like the most lovely person ever. And I was super scared to meet you, but it actually, you were very welcoming. I remember you asked like a couple really funny questions and that was like the start of how we first met. You know what? I, I never, I haven't even heard that part of your story. I love that. Thank goodness. Well, Thank Greg. Say Greg's the first person I met of Mike's like fam- Mike's friend situation was the brother. That is so funny. And I have to say, because I know a lot of people out there are not like we are with their their ex or their ex-wife, you know, any of that. What do you think? is the secret to making sure that the ex-wife and the new wife get together and, and, and get together and they're, they're, they're working together and they're, you know, kind of being friends and making it, making it great for the kids. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a secret or what the secret is, but I know for me personally, it was really important. Like I'm just, I'm not a confrontational person or I try not to be, I try to get along with people, but for me, especially with three kids in the mix, it was super important to me to have a relationship. I mean, I could not have expected that we would have become as close as we are, but certainly it was really important to me to have a cordial relationship where I never wanted, you know, it's such a strange situation coming in with kids. I never wanted them to feel 
like they couldn't talk about you in front of me or to have some weird loyalty pull between, you know, th that they thought that there was some kind of a battle between the mm -hmm. mom and the girlfriend. I just, I wanted it to be easy for them because it's complicated enough having like your dad's got a new girlfriend and you have to manage that dynamic. But I never wanted there to be tension that they felt between you and I, or that they felt, you know, like they couldn't talk about you or go out with you, or that there was some kind of comparison game going on. I, you know, I put them, honestly, I put them first. And then it's just through being open-minded about that and through being exposed to you, I just, you know, you're a lovely, unbelievable person. It's hard not to like fall in love with you on a friend level. So that was like uh, icing on the cake kind of a thing. But just, I think going into it, I knew that the kids were going to be my number one priority, even more than Mike was making mm. the kids more comfortable. I love that. And I also want for those that are not watching this via YouTube and watching this on uh, you know, seeing this, that Liani is a much younger woman than I am. She's gorgeous. And I have to tell, I have to tell everyone, we have gone to dinner numerous times with the kids. And I am the one who ends up being like, oh, so what would your children like to have? And I'll be like, really? Oh, stop. Really? Do I have to go through this every single time? Oh, let 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 me pick up the bill because I'm the mom. <laughs> and I also love sisters. Yes. Sisters. Well, yes. Sisters. Apparently, our parents must have had me first, and you were you were the oops. <laughs> so I do want to make every you know sure everyone knows this about you that not only are you you know this incredibly super fun, charming, beautiful woman, but you also have had and are having really an incredible you know multiple careers. And when I first met you, you were a high-powered attorney and you were like charging it up. I mean, whenever I heard from the kids, they'd be like, we didn't even see Leonie. She was, you know, in her room or for, you know, 15 hours and working and working. And I really want to talk about your journey. And I want, I would love for you to share with us how you went from this, you know, high-powered position and literally relaunched yourself into what you're doing now. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think that's another reason why we connected. We both have, I think we both had a similar mindset on making the kids comfortable, right? I mean, it wasn't about like Mike or about, I mean, you were dating someone at the time too, and then, you know, you're new. It wasn't about the men, it was about the kids. And then I think we also connected on the business front because we were both, I feel like very driven, entrepreneurial, females kind of on a similar trajectory as far as like the importance of business in our lives. I think we really connected on that as well too. And through kind of like the course of our relationship talking about just when we would do family dinners or family get togethers. And one thing, it's funny because you talk about me, but one thing I think you did for the other women on the call, trying to figure out how to negotiate like the mom, stepmom relationship, you were also incredibly welcoming on holidays. And I think that's super important which also made it easier for me and made me, I, I think, fit into the family a little bit better was you invited me to like the Thanksgiving and the birthday parties and the, the Christmas, which I think also really helped with the kids in the relationship. But well, and for, those, and for those that don't know, the, the, the family dynamics are even more than like, I mean, it should be a sitcom because yeah. we, do, we do spend 
a lot of holidays together. I mean, I think I've been to every single one of your birthdays since I met you. More than my husband. More than my husband, Hillary, has attended them. I mean, we just are absolutely, I mean, we are tight in the sense that, you know, if there's an event, I mean, it's just understood. Here, we're all going. (laughs) And I think through that, through that dynamic of like, us spending more time together, we got to know kind of like, what are we both doing in our personal lives? So besides the kids and besides, you know, the dynamic of the, the husbands or whatever, it was also you and I would talk about, you know, what, you know, what, what are you doing now? Like, what, what's your new thing? What's your new passion? And through that, I think I kind of started telling you about, at the time I was at my, my job, I was an intellectual uh, property attorney at a big New York law firm one of like the biggest international law firms. And I love not nothing negative about my firm. My firm's amazing. I will talk about it like to the end of time about what a wonderful opportunity it was working for them and how just gracious and supportive the people that I met there were and the firm as a whole is just like top notch. But I've always had this dream of being a writer ever since I was a little girl. I used to, my mom was a school teacher. I used to spend my time in the library. I used to write stories as a little kid in my little like, black and white composition notebook and my little Lisa Frank unicorn notebook. If there's any like eighties babies on this, listening to this podcast, hopefully they'll appreciate eighties babies. <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> everyone's rolling their eyes right now. Uh, not oh, exactly. there's, there's not exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> 40. Like that's like a good, okay. Anyway. So if there's anyone, they'll, they'll, they'll remember that reference. And, um, I think the more I did law, I kind of realized like it was a fantastic, profession for me and a great career jumping off point but I really always wanted to get back to the writing and so you and I kind of talked about that and um you were kind of like going after some of your dream pursuits as well business wise and I think we really bonded on that and then it's so funny because I've been on a couple of podcasts in the last couple of days talking about um how I eventually made the switch from lawyer to full-time author Mm -hmm. and I talk about you and how when I was really struggling with it you were also making this change in your life where you were going into executive and you know life coaching and all of that and you kind of said hey I think I could help you and I remember I was like okay I don't know like the as much as I love like (laughs) and you know my husband's ex-wife I'm not sure like is this the right person as my life coach first of all and then Second off, because you have to get really intimate and deep, right, with that person. And then second off, is this something I even buy into? Like, do I even subscribe to life coaching as a thing? And I've always been such like a type A, like, here's, you know, here's the formula. I went to, you know, law school and then I went to the big firm and I did all the training. And it's like, there's a very um, planned out roadmap. And life coach is not something that ever (laughs) you ever talk about, at least in the legal world. so it was just kind of a new thing to wrap my head around. I remember you kind of talked me into it. And it well, was- and it's interesting for those for those that are like, okay, what is a life coach? Really, yeah. the type of coaching, you know, that I pretty much do is executive business coaching. But then I make sure that I don't believe you are just your business. You are the entirety of yourself. And that means that there's a tremendous amount of what's your lifestyle that you want to live. But the thing that I laugh the most about is that we both agreed 
that usually there is a core of relationship in there. And we're like, yeah, we're not going to go down that path. That's the one thing that we're not going to talk about. Are you happy with your husband? How's your sex life? We're like, we didn't yeah. do that. None of that. We yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't do that. So if, if, Mick is, if Mick is listening right now, he can take a you know, deep sigh of relief. God, Mike's terrible this week. Yeah, <laughs> it, was very, it was very like career career oriented for you and I. I know that you do other stuff with different people depending yeah. on what their needs are, but you and I was very career oriented. I remember you talked me into it wound up being like one of the absolute best experiences of my life. And I really credit you with empowering me to make that leap because I was not going to do it. And I, it took months of working with you and me kind of like holding on <laughs> with that like last like grip that I had at the law firm. Um, and you kind of had to drag me away from it and just be like, well, and again, but for you, you were, you know, you had this deep passion for writing, for, you know, creation of, of, you know, the, the books that you wanted to put out there. And it was all every, every corner as we continued to go down your, you know, your original, you know, law business and all that it just kept, you know, she kept deviating. She kept going, you know, on the right, taking a different path. And finally it's, you know, you have to sometimes have it just, you know, hit you in the forehead that, wait a second, this is what I should be doing. And you were like, all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, I, I've got to do this now. Yeah. And I remember, it's funny because someone asked me this. I remember like what they asked, like, what were the tools that she worked, you know, you, Hillary, or the tools that your coach worked with you on? And how did you finally come to grips with making the change? And you may remember more than I do, but like for me, I remember the biggest thing that you said and worked with me on that kind of got me comfortable to making the leap was we came up with a plan B. And I like vividly remember us talking about this and how important this was. And the life plan we worked on was, you said, okay, what's, what's the worst case scenario? So if you leave your law firm and you write for a year or two years, What's the worst thing that could happen if you're not successful and you decide that you don't want to be a writer anymore? You want to go back to law. And I remember we went through a whole thing where you had me write down, like, okay, write down your network contacts, write down the people who would probably take you back. And then we had like a go away, email those people, <laughs> feel them out, like make sure that they actually really are a good safety net. And then I came back and I reported and it was like the comfort level of knowing that yes, this is not the end of the world, right? Like I'm not, like, this is not death. It's just a new <laughs> chapter. And the skill set I, you know, worked up through the ranks of law and the contacts I made that you had me reach out to, it helped me understand that there was something, you know, there was a plan B. If it didn't work out, I could always go back to something. And I think that probably gave me the greatest level of comfort. And it's funny because without you, I don't think I would have even thought of that exercise but doing that, I think it is probably the biggest, was probably the biggest propulsion for me into making the leap was kind of wrapping my head around that, that understanding that there is something and then doing what you said, like actually checking that, like not just in my head, I think it's okay, but actually shooting those emails that were confidential, of course, but testing the waters of those people too, and really understanding. And I remember I told you, you had me take a couple of meetings and just doing that and knowing, hey, I have this in my back pocket, like worst case scenario, this is what I can do. I can consult this person at this firm said they would take me on, gave me the comfort level to really make that leap. 
Well, and I love what you said because it is the resistance, right? You've got your comfort zone. You've got your your fluffy uh, slippers that you have on and you're like, oh, I know I can be successful here, but but what if like, you know, I did this, what would, and you are definitely, you know, success driven. Who wants to have the opportunity to have, you know, a fear, a fear of failure, or what if it doesn't work, but we got you through that. And what I loved is when you talk about that change formula, right? What is the formula yeah. for change? You sit there and you talk about where are you right now? What's your dissatisfaction of like, what feels like it's coming out, but you're pushing it down, pushing it down. And then you look at the vision of like, what could happen if you actually got super clear on what you wanted? And for you, it was just a matter of taking that one step, one step yeah. forward. So as soon as we got you with the, all right, you know, you want to do something, you got the vision, you got the clarity, take that one step. I mean, it just opened up a whole new world for you. And, and I, you know, I remember the other thing too. I'm thinking the other thing too that you, that we worked on really hard. And someone asked me about this too. It was a mindset trend. And maybe you can talk about it because I actually don't remember how you did this to me. You worked <laughs> like some fairy goddess magic <laughs> over me. But I remember the other thing that was like the biggest barrier for me was the mindset of, and I hope other people can relate to this that are listening, but I worked my whole life to become a lawyer. Like I was the kid that was a nerd in high school that got the straight A's that like when other people were out, I was in the library. And then in college, I graduated college, you know, in three years, went straight to law school, busted my butt in law school, graduated like top of the class, went straight to the law firm, mm -hmm. the, big, the big New York law firm that works your tail off. And, you know, was fully established and everywhere I went, people were like, what do you do? And I was so proud to say, I'm a blank lawyer. I work at blank law firm, right? The prestige of that. And just like the pat on the back or the ego trip or whatever it is, the identification that this is who I am. I'm a lawyer. Not only am I a lawyer, like I'm a dang good lawyer and I'm at a fantastic firm and I have fantastic clients. Like all of that was such a part of my DNA and who I was at the time. So the idea of leaving that and who am I? If people ask me to, who are you at a party? What do you do? What do you do for a living? And to not be able to say, you know, I'm a blank lawyer, I am whatever. Now to say I'm a writer, what does that even mean? And like, mm -hmm. will people look at me differently? Where's the respect to that? Do, do I still have value as a human being? Like, all of these things, just because it was so tied to my identity, was this like resume and these credentials that I worked up. And I don't know, I actually don't know how you got me to like flip on that. And maybe it was just through talking about it over and over and you just really pushing home that like you only live for so long. And if this is your dream, like who cares about that stuff? But that was probably... So Another really big thing that we worked on. Here's what here's what we told Liani during this, this process. We said, okay, she hit the proverbial identity iceberg. She hit it. It's like, you know, think of the Titanic is going towards it. And she has her identity. She's this, she's been doing this. Her whole, you know, career has been based on everything being an attorney and and you know, wearing the beautiful clothes and the beautiful hair and being able to go here and go there and say, I, you know, hi, I'm Liani and I'm, you know, I do this. And for a lot of people, when they hit 
that that identity iceberg, it it really can be shattering. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, what if I don't have that anymore? But when you can build the new identity, which is exactly what we did, we looked at how do you want to be in the future? How do you want to show up? Who do you want to be serving? It was like, it was this creation. And soon you just started to embody, wait a second, that feels more like me than this past identity. But it's, let me tell you, identity comes with a lot of beliefs and those beliefs are deep. And just like an iceberg, you see the tip of the iceberg, but the under the under ice under the surface is gigantic. That's what an identity is. And so you have to, you know, you have to do it in stages and you did. And, and next thing you know, you're, you're putting your book out there and tell us, tell us more about what you're doing now. Yeah, I will. And see, I knew you could say, so you nailed it. I knew you could, <laughs> it was like I, someone asked me and I'm like, I, you know, I actually, I don't know. It's like some weird like voodoo magic that she does is like a coach. I don't actually know how I finally made the change, but it's the identity iceberg. Yeah. That, that's like an awesome way to encapsulate it. Um, okay. So what I'm, yes. So, I mean, it's been like a huge transition. I feel like I'm working on so much. Um, I mean, really everything since I decided to leave my job, I have gone through like branding, rebranding who I am. Um, I've been working on my book. So my second book is coming out October, 2021. It's a, I write young adult, young adult fiction. So that's fiction for teens. Um, that book's coming out 2021. It's, uh, I kind of describe it as like a, uh, like a snow packed mashup of the breakfast club meets the live. So a bunch of teens from like disparate backgrounds are all on a ski trip and they get stranded in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And it's a survival story, basically, like who lives and who dies and why. And throughout that, there's also the unpacking of who they are as people and all the things, you know, when, when it's like a survival situation, we really kind of understand who people are at their core. And it, it's all of that and things of that kind of get all unpacked throughout the story. So I'm incredibly proud of that. I mean, it sounds um, then, awesome. Breakfast Club beats Alive. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I read the first book and it was amazing so yeah this one this one's going to be even that much better so I'm so excited about that yeah thank you thanks for saying that so I, that's been huge I also have um written another so a third book that I'm working on right now I found a fantastic editor and then I've also kind of done a bunch of rebranding so I now have I've got a blog and on it I talk about books and book lifestyle I um, am also running that through Instagram I also just started a Facebook group called the Rec Talk Ross Book Nook. So if any of your listeners love to talk about books like I do, so we talk about books, we talk about writing. Um, it's just a really great community. In fact, we're doing, for example, like a monthly read this month, we're doing Mexican Gothic. So it's fun. You know, everyone just pops in there. We talk about, you know, book recommendations. I also am really into, I just love storytelling of all aspects. So we also share TV and film as well. And then the other thing I'm working on right now that yeah, I'm now, so this, this is like, okay, drum roll, drum roll, because <laughs> this kind of comes full circle, which yes. is yes. a lot of times what happens when you create a new identity and you're like, but wait, I don't want to just like 
forget very the old one. The other yeah. one was pretty darn good too. And yeah. so share with us what you're working on right now. So, and you and I talked about this. It's so funny because we talked about this a lot when we were like really deep in the coaching. Um, but we talked about, well, maybe, okay, now you want to, you totally want to get away from law because you're sick of it. But at some point you may mm-hmm. want to revisit it because it's such a part of your DNA and you may find that you miss it. And we talked about consulting and it's so funny because I, in the last couple of months, I've been working with a bunch of other uh, like-minded female entrepreneurs that are all building their own brands in different ways. Some are photographers, some are branding experts. They're all, you know, runs the gamut, a couple of accountants, some lawyers as well. And we've been on these calls and it's so funny because on these calls, we talk about, you know, what are you working on? What are your struggles? And all these women, and they're super smart, very professional but they're in their own little niche of the world and none of them know anything about the law. So it's like on any call, we do these on Fridays, someone has a legal question. And so I'm like firing off, okay, well, this is how you do this. It, you know, do I incorporate? What's an LLC? What's a copyright? And I'm answering all these things. And it's funny because we're all trying to come up with passive income because that's the new thing, right? Like passive income stream. Um, and I'll never forget this on one of our calls. One of my friends is like, I know you said that you're sick of the law, but you're just really good at it. And you seem mm-hmm. to like light up when people ask these questions. It seems like you really want to help and you like sharing what you know. Why don't you at least help other female entrepreneurs or, you know, authors or writers that are in your wheelhouse? You seem to enjoy it. Why don't you do that? And it's like this little light bulb went off. And I was like, wait, wait why don't I do that? That actually sounds like something I would enjoy. And so in the last three or four months, I've been working on putting out my first online course. So I'm going to be teaching copyright and it's for authors, bloggers, and creatives. And it's funny because in addition to my Facebook group, the book nook, I'm in all these other like entrepreneurial groups that are, you know, writers just starting out or industry experts in kid lit publishing, also just, you know, bloggers and stuff. And everyone has so many questions about copyright and people are so intimidated because it's this legal, you know, it's a lot of legal jargon and business speak and they don't understand it. And it's funny because back in the old days, right before the golden age that we have right now, where literally anyone can do anything they want to do. Like you don't need a publishing house. If you want to publish a book, you don't need a TV station. If you want to do like a YouTube channel, you don't need a film production crew. you can do your own indie film, but which is fantastic. Right ever you this is like an unbelievable age of creation but the downside is we don't have that big machine that you used to have so if you were a traditionally published lawyer i mean author you didn't have to worry about copyright or trademark or you know incorporating because you you know your your publishing house handled all that and if you were like um you know if you were doing your your branding business or whatever you used to work for those big advertising agencies like Mad Men, you didn't have to worry about, okay, this is my own business now, what do I do? So I feel like there's just this dearth of uh, this gap where people are building these wonderful businesses, but they don't have an in-house attorney and they can't afford the big law firms. And so I, you know, that's kind of where I, I thought I could really- Well, and I have to say, if you really think about it, anybody who is doing anything online, doesn't matter if, you know, in that book space or whatever, I mean, anybody yeah. needs- needs to be taking your course. And yeah. I had I had the privilege of being, you know, one of the beta and going through it. And I <laughs> let me tell you, I've been doing this a long time. I've I've hired those big expensive 
types of, you know, lawyers to help. And having now doing, you know, doing the relaunch company and putting this all together myself and trying to, you know, really make sure I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm doing. I listen to it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do that. I need to do that. And I need to do that. So what <laughs> yeah. I love is, could you, could you share some, you know, some of the big takeaways from your course, maybe, you know, two or so that, you know, we could really just say, oh gosh. And I'm telling you everybody, if you are doing anything online right now, you absolutely want to get this course. She delivers it like very fast, which I love. It's very just like spot on. This is what you need to know. She doesn't give a lot of the other fluff. And I love her. I love your examples because she does examples that you're that are like completely today. And you're like, okay, now I get it. It makes it so much more interesting than just a legal course, right? Thanks for saying that. Yeah, it was important to me. So I'm like extremely type A and I've always, at my firm, I always got a reputation also for being very like business minded oriented, which is a little, I would say is a little unique for an attorney to be completely honest. A lot of attorneys focus really just on the law. And when you ask them, okay, but like, I understand that's the law, but what's the real, like, what's the nitty gritty? Like, what do I really need to know in my business? They kind of get lost in the weeds. And I've always been really good at figuring out, I know what the law is, but like, here's what you need to know as a business owner. And I really wanted to convey that in the course. I didn't want to get too intellectual or too up in like case law. I really wanted it to be something that was easy for people to understand and unpack and then apply to their own, you know, real life business. And then law is also really boring sometimes. Mm -hmm. And not I the way, not the way that. you teach it. Not the way you teach so it. I, yeah, I wanted to do I wanted to do like some fun kind of like real life stories in there. And I'm a little creative with the video. So I'm glad that you appreciated it. Um, as far as, you know, I, I think probably I talk about a lot in the course. And like you said, there's everyone really in my, whether you take my course or not, like it's great if you do, and I hope I can help you. But even if you don't, like you should be either hiring someone or, you know, spending a lot of time on Google and trying to figure this out because it really doesn't matter if, if you're a business, you need to take this seriously, right? If you're making money, there's a lot of really serious repercussions that can affect you monetary, emotional, like a lot going on, but it doesn't even matter if you are a business or not. Even if you're a hobbyist, this is like a hobby blog for you or you're a hobby photographer. Copyright law does not care. It doesn't care if you're making money. That's not how it's written. It matters if you're stealing things. That's, that's the only thing that matters. So even if you're not making a dime off of your blog, you can still be sued and you can still be in trouble. And there's lots of penalties. Um, so, you know, you got to be serious about this if you're online, just like you said. I think probably my two most important takeaways, and I talk about this in the course in a lot more detail, but I think it's important for whoever's listening to this. I would say these are two really big ones. The first one is if you have a website, you have to have a terms of use on your website. I also think a privacy policy, and I don't talk about this because it's not a copyright issue, but this is just like a little freebie for your listeners. A privacy policy is also incredibly important. In fact, it's required under the law. So that's something else too. And also a disclosure policy. If you're doing anything with affiliates, so a lot of people, um, especially influencers, but a lot of, you know, just regular bloggers or even just businesswomen are getting into this affiliate game and you've got to disclose that. So having your disclosures is, is really key. Also people like me who are professionals. So if you're working Hillary, with accountants or other lawyers, and if they're putting things on their blog, they could be misconstrued as advice, they need to have a disclosure on there as well. 
um, again, it's not a copyright issue, but you asked me just for like holistically. The well, one that I talk about the most is terms of use because that is a copyright issue. And that is like a non-starter. You absolutely must have it. And it protects you with whether or not, you know, what people can use on their website. Like, so if you've got photos up on your website, if you've got blog posts, it protects and lets other people know, hey, this is my, this is my intellectual property. I own this. It's copyrighted and you can't take it. Well, and you know what? I, I'm sure people are listening saying, uh, I don't have any even, of those. I'm not even really sure what any of these even mean, <laughs> but here's the greatest news that you can, you know, we'll, we'll have links to your course and it's a very fast one. She gives, you know, some great templates. She does a whole bunch of stuff that's way over the top that you can just plug and play, which I so appreciate. And as far as some of these others, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that she's going to actually come up with uh, another subsequent <laughs> course that we can find out that too. Hint, hint, jab, yes. jab. No, I would, it's on my mind because I know that website protection is huge for people. But yeah, so I've got a masterclass running. Hopefully we can put a link to that in, um, in the show notes. And in the masterclass, I really go into detail about terms of use. And through the masterclass, if you watch the whole masterclass, there's an opportunity to get yourself a free terms of use template. It's a really fantastic product. Um, so if you don't have one already, I highly recommend watching the master course. If we can put a link in, Absolutely. and then, you know, the second I would, you know, there's a lot in copyright, but probably just for your listeners, the second probably really big takeaway I talk about in the copyright course. And I think is important to all, entrepreneurs, even if you're not like specifically an author or blogger or creative is licensing agreements and contracts. So, and it's so funny because my, I like adore and love my, my editor that I use. And she was at traditional publishing for years and years and years. And she even knows how important contracts are. And when I asked her to sign like a disclosure agreement, she was like, is this something I really need to do? Uh, and yes, <laughs> yes, it is something. If you take yourself seriously as a business, you absolutely need to have agreements. I talk mostly about licensing agreements because they're the ones that's most important with copyright. So we talk about, um, if you are a photographer, if you take photos for brand deals, influencer type stuff, um, if you are for some reason freelancing and outsourcing with other people, your photos or your, your blog posts or poetry or whatever anything you, like that everybody like needs that. it you have to enter into some kind it doesn't have to be a super formal thing it's up to you how formal you want to get how much money you have some people hire lawyers to drop these from scratch there's tons of lawyers now that are selling really fantastic templates that are very affordable or you could even just kind of look online and get you know a feel for what they look like but have something have something and that's, and that's the key. better than nothing. That's the key. You got to have something and you have to protect yourself. Now, one thing that I'm excited about is I've asked you during my foundational course that I'm going to be, that I'm going to be launching here in about a month, I am going to have you be one of the experts that comes on and you and I've talked about this, maybe even, you know, looking at a couple of the sites out there, making sure we're going to be sniffing around and making sure that everyone is abiding by what we should be. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I have to say as much as I would love to sit here and chit chat 
the rest of the day. We can't, and so we have to do the rapid fire questions. All right, I'm nervous. Everyone's always, I'm, I'm interested. I think it's number, it's number maybe one of these, the fourth one that I asked that I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what she'll say. All right. Number one, zoom calls dressed head to toe or waist up. Um, I am. I'm head to toe. I I like pajamas, but I'm head to toe on a zoom. I knew it. I knew if you stood up, you'd look cute all the way down. I'm in a full dress. Yeah, of course she is. Uh, okay. Number two. I love fashion. Okay. Okay. How often do you wash your hair? Oh, not that often. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I'm admitting this. Um, yeah, not, and, and Mike would make fun of me on this one too. He knows, but not very often, maybe two, two times, three times a week. Yeah, well, Mick would be Mick would be saying, "Oh my gosh, both of you need to wash maybe, your hair more." Maybe even less in a pandemic, uh, but <laughs> not often. I shower more. I do bathe in yes. case anyone's like judging me. <laughs> no judgment. This is chick chat. This is a no judgment zone. Okay, number three favorite podcast besides ours. Well, besides yours, which is like amazing, <laughs> love, um, and just give such great advice to females. Uh, I probably, so I love my favorite murder. That's like the storyteller in me. And I like horror and I like thrillers and it's a fantastic storytelling podcast. Also by two women, which I like, I like the female support. Um, and then probably the other one is the influencer podcast by Julie Solomon, who mm. also happens to be one of my mentors. Uh, she just gives really fantastic business advice. That's awesome. Okay, number four. I love this beauty product. Ah, uh, well, it's going to be cruelty-free. I would say Orbe. I think they make a fantastic hair mask. Hair is super important. I color my hair. I have highlights my whole life. So I'm really into, like, protecting the hair when I shower <laughs> when I wash it, I like that one. But um, yeah, I think Orbe makes a great product. It's a little pricey, but I think it's totally worth it, and it's cruelty free. So cruelty free okay. is one of my little little things I'm really into. Okay, backyard barbecue or schwanky cocktail party? I mean, I mean, really? Do I, I mean, you, you could answer this one for yeah. me. But do we have to go there? The schwanky cocktail party, yeah. like. Sure. Fancier the better. Okay, sure. what is your go-to poolside drink? <sighs> well, I'm not a huge alcohol drinker, but at a pool, probably a rosé or Hillary's husband. And this will show you guys how close we are as a family because we hang out a lot, all of us. Um, he's really in, he's got to be into French white wines. And, and I burgundy. The Burgundy. So we actually, we've bought in a bunch of those and I've been drinking those actually out here by the beach. So that would probably- Love that. Yeah. Okay. And a bonus question is, what does a powerhouse of possibilities mean to you? A powerhouse of possibilities means to me uh, having limitless options and kind of whatever you can think of or dream of you can do as long as you arm yourself with the right skills, the right support team, and you actually go out and get it done. Mm, I love that. Okay. And Liani, how can people, I know that you've mentioned a couple ways to get in touch, but if you could just summarize, how can we learn more about you? 
Yes. So I am on Instagram and I'm on Twitter the most often, and that's at Rep Talk Ross. So I don't know if it shows on the Zoom if anyone's actually watching this. That's my writing pen name. So it's R-E-K-T-O-K-R-O-S-S. Hopefully we can link that in the notes. We will definitely have them in the treasure chest in the show notes. No problem. Absolutely. Okay. So I love, I love, love, love connecting with people. So come find me on Instagram is probably my number one. Send me a DM, comment on my photos. I will find you back and show you some love. Also, I'm super excited about the book nook, which I talked about earlier. It's just like, I normally hate Facebook and I'm loving creating this community and just really bonding with other readers and writers. So that's the Rep Talk Ross book nook. You can find that easily on Facebook. It's a private group, but you know, let me know that you found me on Hillary's podcast and I will let you on in. And then the course. So I've got a master course coming even before the online course. And hopefully Hillary will link that in the notes. But if not, you can just go to my website, which is www.rectalkross. Again, that's R-E-K-T-O-K-R-O-S-S.com. And if you just go to like to the top bar, you'll see a little thing that says courses and you can either sign up for my free master course or you can sign up for the online course and get the whole shebang. Okay. Sounds awesome. And hey, thank you for being on and for being my sister wife for, you know, through the ups and the downs through all of the relaunches. And I truly, I'm just so uh, I, I feel like I'm the luckiest mom out there to have you by my side as That's my, right. as my, as my co-sister wife here and oh, parent to, parent, parenting to, you know, three amazing kids. So big kiss to you. Thank you. And until next time. Sounds good. See you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you felt a connection to this episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch, please head over to iTunes now. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a good review and help others find silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to all of the bonuses and notes from the show today in our treasure chest, which you have access to for free by texting 55444 and typing in treasure chest. Or you could go to our private Facebook group, The Relaunch Effect, Living a Life You Love. Together we've hit the reset button for you, turning your transitions into a transformation. Until next time, don't forget, there's always a silver lining.